and welcome to the Marcus Cope Fitness Podcast. I'm your host, Marcus Cope. Hey guys, welcome back. I hope you guys enjoyed the first episode of the podcast. In today's episode, I'm going to chat with a mentor of mine, Neil Wen. He's a sports performance coach at Olympia Athletics and a very knowledgeable guy. I hope you take some value out of the show and thanks for listening. Welcome to the Marcus Co Fitness Podcast, Neil. I uh, appreciate you joining me. Man, thank you for having me. This is fun. Yeah, how you been? All right. Yeah, it's been well. It's been challenging, obviously, just because of uh, the, uh, the whole situation. Um, yeah, it's just been hard to find um, a consistent routine. So yeah, definitely. That's one of the biggest challenges we found. So. It's still working as well at the moment. Uh, a little bit. Still, yeah. still working with some some of the uh, players and stuff. Um, yeah. But yeah, like I said, it's find that routine. Routine is so important for sport. So uh, that's our biggest challenge right now. So. Yeah, perfect. All righty. I'm just going to kick off with the first question, I suppose. So a little bit about yourself, really, your journey. I suppose where you started and um, I suppose your career today for me as well, just for listeners. Oh, wow. Um, I know you've got to... I know you you know, the funny thing yeah. is, so, so you see, like, this journey really started, I think. I felt like when I always think back about it, I felt like I started when I was a kid. Yeah, that's a point you're saying. So, um, I'm not sure about how a lot of people approaches it and things like that. Um, for me, it started when I was like four years old, and I became just intrigued and, uh, you know, almost fell fell in love with the game of basketball. So th- that's really, I feel like where it started for me. And thinking back now, some of the things I'm doing, I, I was just like, man, I was doing that same thing like at 12, 13 years old. Yeah. You know, I was like. So at that time, I was already pausing, rewinding, slow mo on, on on how Michael Jordan moves and trying to figure out what he's doing, this and this and that. So, so I felt like a lot of stuff. Thinking back, might actually be starting from where when I was a kid. And, yep. and then um, obviously, I loved the game so much. Um, so was he, was I've always, a, always kind of was he a hero that, growing up for you? Uh, yeah. Well, that's that's another funny question. Yeah. Uh, you know, that's another little funny question that we you know. Uh, I would say so. It took me a long yeah. time to really, really admit that now. But, um, yeah. And I think moving into it in the next stage was, you know, my, my degree, my actual university degree was actually medicinal chemistry. So it wasn't actually sports science. And I was just doing work in the field because I loved the game so much and almost just fell into it yep. um, at 18, 19 years old. Um, starting with the regular fitness training background, right, for basketball players. Um, and I guess, uh, I guess it was that passion that, that, that's what started it all. Um, and, you know, when I, by the time I was 20, 21, I was already working in the NBA. Yeah. Um, which is, yeah. like, crazy to think about. Um, and thinking back, it, it really is that passion that, uh, for the love of the game that I think that's kind of got me started. Yeah, so how, right. how long were you in the NBL for? Uh, three years. Three years, yeah. And that was with, so, so, who was that with again? Uh, the Melbourne Tigers. Yeah. Yeah, cool. So I was working there for three years, and uh, I also had the chance, opportunity to work with uh, the, a lot of the Opal, the Australian Opal, the women's basketball yeah. team, right? The, all the girls who played uh, from Melbourne. Yeah. Um, I basically had a chance to work with them as well back in 2010 to 2012. 
Um, so it was just, you know, thinking back, it's kind of, it was kind of wild. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I suppose the experience would have been pretty like, I, I imagine it was great for you as well to learn, like learn so much in the NBL and um, working with the Opals too. Oh, absolutely. I learned a lot uh, about uh, how to be good. And, and yeah. I think the work ethic was already there, but you know, you just got to see a different um environment and, and i would say this you know for old, everybody who wants to get to the next level um to be quite honest because i think because of the passion i had naturally i had the drive and i had the habits and um, to really you know take it all the ways as far as i felt like i can i want to go yeah I, I honestly feel like i can't do it if i really want to um, so even before all that came, I was just working with uh, junior athletes, right? Junior basketball players. Yep. Um, and because of that passion, I can't, I think I felt like I developed some good habits. I developed some pretty good habits. So once I got there, man, my work ethic was already yeah, suitable exactly. for what they wanted. So. From there as well. Um, were you, when you were in the M, like when you went to the NBL, were you, you finished your degree by then, did you? Or were you still studying? I, uh, yeah. So yeah. as soon as I finished it, so they basically just picked me up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I did some pretty good work with a player called Yusuf Kofal, yeah. uh, who was a development player at the time. And he was just getting great results. And they were yeah. just like, what's going on with this guy? Yeah. Um, and he was like, oh, I've been seeing this trainer, Neil. And then the coach was like, the coach was Al Westover. He said, bring him in. And, yeah. you know, I think Al to this day, just you know, without him, I would never had that experience. Oh, that's good yeah. then. And then, did you go to further study after um, doing your degree there, or? Yeah. So um, right after that, probably a year and a half or so after that, I started a master's with Edie yep. uh, Edie Cowan. I think I was like the second or third graduates out of oh, that yeah. master's program they got. Yeah. So yeah, it, it was fun. It was great. I actually got a lot out of it. Uh, mind you, I did a lot of research, and I I, I always I, I love to read, so I already yeah. read a lot. Um, yeah, so going into the degree, I knew exactly what I was looking for, to, uh, what I want to get out of the degree, and yeah. Yeah, perfect. Now that's so, good. Uh, Do you reckon you'll do any further more stuff? I remember we. Oh, this is probably one of the questions I was going to bring up in a minute, but I remember we spoke about it in the gym the other day when I said it. Um, said to you, what do you reckon you'll do further? So. Um, I'll bring it up. I'll bring it. I'll bring the question up in a minute for you as well. So that's all right. Um, yeah. So did you? You studied uh, in Australia here, or did studied you, here? Yeah, yeah, I studied here. Yeah. Um, I did all my work here. So yeah, yes. perfect. All right. I'll bring the second question up for you now as well. <laughs> so yeah, we spoke about it obviously in the thing. I, so with this one, I suppose, what do you what do you look for in a in a good trainer or coach for yourself? See, that, that's a really Good question. That's a great question. And, and to answer that question, I think it's really important to even differentiate what exactly is the difference between training the coach. Yeah. There is a huge, there is a difference. Um, and the best definition I've seen that I've heard of, and, and that's what I go by personally, I feel like uh, train, trainers design a workout for yeah. a day, right? A coach plans for years. Yeah. And, and that's really important to me, right? Um, before we even look at what do we look for in, in, in the trainer or the coach, I think that's one of the first things that we should, um, yeah, examine and, and yeah. make sure we define it well. And to the next stage, you look at, uh, all right, so a good coach. And let's understand what a coach really is. 
All right. A coach is basically a man in charge. It's a leader. Um, a lot of times one of the top leaders of the pack. So in, uh, in that sense, a coach is really a public servant, right? You have yeah. to be able to serve. Um, now, I never always had this mindset, right? Oh, yeah, I always served my athletes for sure. But yeah. when I was younger, the mistake I made was I think I utilized my authority in the wrong sense. So understanding things better now, it, it really is a servant to serve your athletes and to empower them. And, and, and I love this quote. I learned this from um, this uh, music maestro, yeah. Ben Zander, right? And he said uh, the job of the leader is utilize his power to empower those under his leadership. There you go. Yeah, uh, that's a good one. Because when you're a music conductor, you don't make a sound. Yeah. <laughs> right? You don't make a damn sound, but then in the same time, you know, you you the one that's on the front cover. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> right, with a yeah. whole orchestra. But you don't make a sound. But So he got you learn how to use his power to empower his musicians. And, and that really struck me. You know, all right, that's what, what our job is really supposed to be, right? His insane flow thoughts of him to awaken the possibility within our athletes. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, I found even like with my clients too, like just that, like communication, like being able to communicate together with your client to for them to understand you as well. So that's a big right. thing. Oh, like for me, well, well, yeah. Absolutely, like communication yeah. is well. You see, a lot of that really comes from uh, your drive to yeah. help your client to be better. Just that's because true. you want them to be better, you're going to learn how to communicate better. Yeah, you know, that's what makes yeah. them tick. How can I make them tick, right? So, yeah. but but it really comes down to just yeah, empowering others and and, yeah. and yeah, want them to get better. And, and, and when speak of possibility, and that's such a great one too, right? Yeah, awaken the possibility within others. So understanding like what is possible. A lot of times, people doubt, people are not sure what they can actually do. Yeah, that's uh, it. Not sure what they can actually do. So so awaken that possibility within others is huge. Yeah, definitely. And even like I suppose we've like with you and Matt and we've spoke about it as well, like as in like when your clients do come in or like see their body language and things as they come in to like see what the session's gonna be like and just adjust it if you need to kind of thing or and I suppose that brings back to the communication there and then like obviously empowering them. <laughs> well you see like even just last week, right? I was talking to one of my players. Yeah. Um so as as a coach, as a leader. Yeah. Um, you have to see what is possible within each one of your clients or athletes. Yeah. For me, my basketball players. Yeah. And you almost have to believe it before they do. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Right. You got to believe it before they do. And it happened for us just last week. I was telling one of my boy, hey, look, uh, I think we can do this and this and this. Yeah. And I think you're going to make this team. You said, yeah. there's no way that team is already packed and stacked and everything. I'm like, no, I really feel like it's possible. Yeah. And it was just yesterday and he called me up. Hey, <laughs> I think yeah, it's yeah. happening. <laughs> right. He, he didn't really believe it. Right. He didn't really believe. But so as a coach, I'm like, you gotta, you've got to be able to dream it and believe it and know what's possible. That's so, good. Yeah. All right, the next one, I was just going to ask, how important is it to have like an SSC program or just a general program for athletes and um, general population, obviously, when you like to, to drive for your goals, like when you're going into the gym, I suppose, how important is it to like, like structure, I suppose, a program for yourself from there? See, I, I have a pretty interesting take with that one, right? Yeah. <laughs> like my take is a little bit interesting, a little bit different. Right. Um, 
I'm not too much of a program guy, right? Yeah. Maybe when I was a little younger and absolutely I was all over that stuff and yeah. you know, programming and trying to figure out how to make things fit and all that. Um, as I've gotten older, um, and I, maybe a lot of the people will find the same thing. Yeah. Um, it, the programming is almost secondary and, and sometimes yeah. I feel like it's a little bit of overkill. Okay, yeah. Um, I remember when I first came out like in 2007 2008 you know yeah. i was just fanatical with listening to uh, uh mike boyle yeah yeah you know, one yeah. really well-known train coach in the states yeah and i still remember this line from over 10 years ago right he said a uh, a bad program done well is better than and then a, a good program executed poorly yeah yeah execution is huge it don't matter what your program looked like and that's why you can't really just for me personally write a program and just let people hey let's go this is what you do and it's not about that it's it's how you execute um the content of the program yeah um so that to me is huge Uh, yeah the program itself i'm not yeah i'm not not too sure about that so but what i am do really focus on is in uh establishing Establishing good habits, right? Establishing yeah. great habits in our athletes. Yeah. Um, good training habits, nutritional habits, and, and yeah. so what I I then provide is basically a framework for them to succeed. Yeah, them, right? yeah. Basically, you just give them a framework, um, let them work by that. Yeah. And teach them how to operate within that framework, or even sometimes outside of that. Yeah. Okay. Um, so eventually, they even my goal is always the client don't even need me. My, my my player don't even need me. They know what to yeah. do. That's what. Yeah. That's the point. That's the level of autonomy I want my athletes to have. And and so when as you build this framework, the, the way I kind of approach it personally, it like imagine teaching kids how to draw. Yeah. Right. Eventually, you uh, initially you have that outline, and you ask them to color it in. Yeah. Right. So they learn. Okay. So that's kind of how you paint and how you color yeah. things in. Eventually, you ask them to sketch a little piece of the painting, the drawing, right? Imagine they got that blank canvas, all right? This area, I'm going to do this, but here, you got to do this. So, Eventually, yeah. it's like, I'm going to do this with this area. You do whatever the hell you want in this area. Yeah. So you, you start to expand um, how much they can explore and, 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 and explore the creativity within yeah. that canvas. No, that's good. I like um, that point. That's really good. So you just give them the framework, let them work with it. Yeah. All right. Uh, next one for you, I suppose. What do you, I suppose when you, like, I suppose when an athlete first comes to you or just even when you're watching someone, I suppose, what do you normally look like when you look at them, I suppose, to take their performance to the next level if they want to, I don't know, if it's just amateur first and then just like leading up to the ranks and then even like going professional kind of, what do you look for us in their maybe performance or from the, yeah, from the start really? That's a great question too. Um, it, it's funny, and as much as I want to say everybody, it depends on who they are. Yeah. If they yeah. amateur or professional, you look for yeah. different things. But to to make it more simpler for everybody to understand, yeah. a, a Dow Foundation is what is that exact athlete's current ob- objective? Yeah. Right. Um, at that age, at that level, yeah. How sure. does that athlete supposed to look like? Right? Yeah. Do you have a picture in mind, 
right? A lot of time we, when we look at athletic preparation, it, it really is just reverse engineering. You know, I was fortunate, I, you know, I, I worked with a lot of good athletes yeah. uh, at a high level and I was yeah. to produce athletes who reached high levels, right? Yeah. So throughout those, those journeys, I got to learn, okay, so this is what this athlete kind of looked like this time. At that time, okay, if you want to get to the Olympic level, yeah, that's how we need to look at the end. Yeah. So when you start seeing the athlete, you're always looking from the end of mind. Yeah. Um, okay. And and one thing that you never do, all right, you never do is judge an athlete. Yeah. Right? You never judge an athlete before you get to know them. Yeah. Um, I'm pretty open-minded when I first yeah. see an athlete. Yeah. Um, and um, until we work with somebody, and this is very important in terms of telling telling identification. Yeah. Right. Until an athlete has been trained, or junior athlete has been trained under a decent, a good system for over three years, you really don't know what you're looking at. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So that's huge, right? People don't tell an ID this right way. This is from, uh, I think, the East German block I read a while back. Yeah. It's either Soviet or the East German, right? It, if you have not train an athlete systematically for over three years at least yeah. minimum three years you don't know what kind of talent you got on your hands but that judgment call and then i suppose like yeah once after like i suppose you like you can understand a bit more after the three years of where where they obviously want to get to or their goals from yeah from working with them i suppose in the system there yeah well I, yeah and, and i think something that might help in thinking about it one of the things that we absolutely i absolutely look at is yeah. um uh, obviously, aptitude, you know, yeah. how talented you are naturally, and the attitude. Without the right attitude, I mean, what aptitude you have don't really make, make a difference. Yeah. So, yeah. so, yeah, that is something to look at. I suppose this one, who, I suppose, like, you've worked with a lot of athletes. So, um, this, this one, I was, like, thinking, like, who have you, like, you've worked with or who, I suppose, has stand, stood out as one of, I know, just their preparation. They're just, like, a, a late, I suppose, like, a very good professional <laughs> Um, does everything kind of right for themselves, gets their body right that you've worked with? There's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, you see, I, I, I was so fortunate, and I always say this to people, I'm one of the luckiest person. Um, sometimes I still think about it and pinch myself like, God, well, wow, like the, the, the people I have on my contact list and people I can call just to learn from different things. Like, there's so yeah. many people I learn from. Yeah. Um, Athlete-wise, uh, it would actually be an Australian Opal. Okay. Um, Belinda, Belinda Snell. Oh, yeah. yeah. So she played for Australia for, I think, three Olympics or something like that. Yeah. Uh, so she was, she was the first athlete that really taught me um, how to be a pro, yeah, what okay. a pro yeah. athlete actually looked like. Um, so, for instance, she will um, – uh, she's always 20 minutes before her appointments. Yeah. Um, getting ready and, and settling in, always trying to do extra sessions. Like, hey, can we do – no morning session like this time that time all right cool let's yeah. do it and, and this is what really caught me personally was she would schedule training sessions with me three months in advance to make sure so she might play europe with wnba yeah and coming back to melbourne hey neil i'll be back in melbourne and doing this time yeah please schedule these sessions <clears throat> in like three months in advance right i still got those messages yeah and, and so she really taught me how to be a professional in terms of all right let's you know yeah that's yeah that's um that's pretty crazy that like for that to yeah advance in three months so that's um that's very dedicated so oh yeah <laughs> she, she was all over it yeah yeah all right i just got i just got two more questions for you and then we'll wrap it up for you i know i know you're a very busy man so 
I appreciate your time. This one's for people listening about approaching um, pre-season and then maybe the in-season training uh, style of how you um, how you approach it with your athletes um, when they're in their pre-season and then when they're um, kind of in-season too. Yeah, once again, this this kind of changed with us a lot yeah. um, over the years. When you look at what we started with, even when we started with it, there was, there was always a lot of flexibility in how we approach preseason and, and yeah. in, in season training and so forth. Um, what it really comes down to is objectives and KPIs and yeah. key performance indicators. Yeah. You have to know, understand what is our objective this offseason. What do we need this play? So a lot of times, right, to, to even explain it a little better, um, as a coach nowadays, and this is why we talk about possibility, understanding the possibility yeah. of your players, what he can actually do, be able to dream that, right? And once you're able to dream that, then it's to set the objective. Okay, this is what we need, and this is to do this, this is what needs to be done, right? In our sense, for instance, in, in just recent, this last three, four months, you know, we had a player we sat down, all right, we need to improve our defense. We need to, be, for us to get the next contract, we need yeah. to be a defensive stopper. And to do that, then we have to then break down, okay, what does that entail? Yeah. All right, that's our objective now, okay? That, first of all, we got to be in great shape. Yeah. We can't ever be tired going up yeah. and down the court. We got to be able to chase people around nonstop. In case they're aerobic, aerobic base needs to be phenomenal. Definitely, yeah. And the second aspect is going to be, uh, you need to have a great base. Yeah. You have the low base, all right? Your, your lower body base, you have to need a great lower body base. So then we have to establish that. Yeah. So when you look at our off-season uh, or preseason training, per se, over the, yeah. over the course of three, three months or four months, it really is to build up one stage yeah. to the next based on what our objectives and KPIs are. And that's different yeah. from everybody. And I suppose then, like, in-season, do you just pretty much maintenance, I suppose, maintain that as much as you can, really? or uh, In-season, for, yeah. for, um, for the professional guys, I don't really work on too much in-season because they're yeah. over with the teams. Yeah, I suppose. All I, really, yeah. all I really do is just kind of, um, you know, I watch the games. Yeah. Um, and then just try, kind of tell them, hey, yeah. this is probably something you can do. Yeah. Um, and you're right, it's maintenance. Now, if I was to work on them in-season, it yeah. will be maintenance. And also to understand uh, what, what they're currently having issues with and how can we address those issues yeah. right then and there. Okay? Yeah, that's um, it. Is, there, is there something quick we can do just right there to, to help them with it? Yeah. Uh, I now, like, go, yeah. Oh, sorry, you keep going, sorry. Well, going to a developmental athlete, though, yeah. So that's become a little bit different because developmental athlete, amateur athletes, always in developmental phase, basically, in my opinion, right? For yeah, the most okay. part, it, it's almost always development to some extent. So that's a little different. Yeah, cool. And the other thing, I suppose, like, have you had many, have they had many injuries? Um, have you had to deal with too much in, like, a off-season or in-season a little bit? Like, not good. Like, our athletes are pretty good. Good, yeah. Uh, like we, we, you know, not good. Like, yeah. <laughs> you don't want to say that. Um, one thing we do really pride ourselves in, I guess, is um, we take care of our athletes really well. We try to take care of them as much as we can. Yeah, definitely. Um, our assessment protocol is training itself. Yeah. Um, when things don't look right, we're trying to address that straight away. Yeah, no, that's it. Um, um, definitely seeing so you um, look after your athletes very well. So um, yeah. you're doing a great job. We try. 
All right, last one for me. So this one, I'm just going to give you, so I'll just say, so three tips to become a successful coach and trainer for me to finish off on. Okay. I don't know if I have three. I'll, I'll try. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the first one definitely is just being principles-based. Yep. Uh, um, like understand your fundamentals. Understand what's important. Uh, when we say that is when you look at even the last 10 years, how the industry has changed, right? When you, when I first came through the door, it was like, you know, physiotherapy was getting big. Yeah. All right. So a lot of, there's a lot of that physiotherapeutic aspect and then it became weightlifting. Now it's like, well, and then with athletics, like running stuff, mechanics, yeah. and now it's like sports science. So there's a lot of training things and, and there's yeah. not a lot of consistencies um, within it all. So, and, and, and that happens because people don't really focus on the, the, the science of biology, physiology. That's, that's the stuff that never changed. Biomechanics, yeah. it never yeah. changes. Right. And, and it's funny. I, I dug up some of my, uh, this training plan I wrote 12 years ago. Yeah. Right? Obviously, the content is very different, would be very different nowadays. But there's a certain structure that you can still see, you know, 12 years ago, I was like, 20 years old or something yeah. right and it's still just there right those yeah. structures are still there yeah. uh, and that's one thing man like i would tell old coaches and trainers go back and and brush up on your biology yeah. and physiology yeah biomechanics yeah um, awesome uh my second one man put your client first right yeah. um put your client first it sounds so crazy and it, see, for me personally, and maybe because how I am, I never judge how good a, a trainer or coach is by how he looks. I judge by how his client looks, right? And, and you see so much uh, coaches come trying to compete with their player. I'm like, what are you competing with your player for? If, player, yeah. if your athlete beats you, then you're not doing the right job. Right? You're not doing the right job. So, you know, understand when you enter this 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 uh the profession your job is to empower your athlete to push them as far as they can yeah and get because I, I, I see a lot of former athletes they're still very competitive entering yeah. our, our industry and sometimes they get lost well who's more important is it you or is it your athlete so their job really is what well, our job really is to and, and now talking about this is even funnier and it's not it's not necessarily even the programs like we said it really is an environment uh, our job really is to cultivate this environment for our athletes to flourish for sure right? and, and, and nurture them. i know that makes yeah. A, like yeah i know that makes a big difference even like for me training but even like with my clients i know it makes a huge difference of setting that environment for them to be able to come into and yeah to thrive so yeah that that, that would be huge for me yeah, care for your uh, care for your clients. Third. You have one more for me or not? Uh, I'm not sure, man. I'm not sure if I can think of a third. That's all right. Um, I feel like if you do those two things well, pretty much take care yeah, awesome. of yourself. Awesome. Thank you very much for your time um, this morning, Neil. I um, uh, appreciate you jumping can you on. Can you hear me now? I think my internet is a little funny. Oh, hang on. Yeah, we might have gone a bit funny now. Oh, no, there we go. All we're right, cool. Now. I think, I, oh, we're going in now. All right, cool. Yeah, there you go. Right. Got it. No, I appreciate yeah. your time and everything this morning. So, um, yeah, thank you. As I said, you've been a great mentor to me as well. And um, 
someone someone good to learn off. So, um, yeah, thanks for jumping on and uh, stay safe in ISO. And I'll hopefully see you soon in another six weeks, I suppose, when we get out. Yeah, cool. <laughs> thanks for that. All right, easy. <laughs>